0: is an individual that we follow on social media um, who I was telling her off mic um, that she has taught us a lot about what is on the minds of our young generation of activated people and has really taught us a lot so uh, before we get into that I just want to invite everybody that if you are listening to the Tudor Teachers in a Mic podcast for the first time you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Tudo. Uh, teachers I almost forgot the name of our podcast um, you can also like us on Facebook or as Cornelius minor says your auntie can like us on Facebook at Too dope teachers uh, show ideas questions um, just want to chop it up with the fellas you can email us at dope teachers at gmail.com and for those of you who have some extra cheese lying around that you would like to put towards a good cause we do have a patreon uh, patreon.com dope teachers want to shout out our too dope, hella dope, and, uh, and our dope patrons for supporting us and helping us keep the lights on and uh, helping us bring projects to you um, as we kind of like venture through 2021. So our guest today um, is Saida Nakera. Uh, Saira is a senior at Eagle Valley High School in Gypsum, Colorado. Um, and if you are unfamiliar with Colorado because we are a global brand officially, um, or at least according to the internet, um, gypsum is near the Vale, it's in the Vale Valley, right? It's in it's in that area in the mountains. And um, so her family comes from Mexico. She is a first generation American and first generation college student. That is so amazing. She co founded and currently serves as co chair for a club called SPICE, which stands for Students Promoting Inclusion and Civic Engagement at her school. She's a member of Youth Celebrate Diversity Student Virtual Board. So, those of you who may be familiar with the Cherry Creek Diversity Conference, that is an amazing thing that happens every year, but it's only part of the amazing programming that comes out of YCD. Um, She works with Youth Power 365 and their leadership team at Eagle. Valley High School, Saida. Um, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>
0: and the big thing that I forgot to mention, which we're actually going to really get into, is um, the is that you recently were given a pretty amazing award. You want to say what that award is?
1: Yes, of course. So I was given um, the Princeton Prize for Race Relations Award. This award is given to high school students who, through their volunteer activities, have advanced racial equity in their schools or communities. Um, They operate in 28 regions nationally and on a large region. There are 29 recipients of the Princeton Prize in Race Relations, and I just so happened (laughs) to be voted unanimously to be one of them from the Colorado region.
0: That And that's, and that's so huge. Um, I've known students uh, who've been nominated for the prize who did not get it. So this is not the kind of prize that just goes to whoever applies like you, you had to really earn it. And we're going to have you talk about that in a little bit. Um, But yeah, I wanted you to say it because, um, <laughs> because I think that one of the things I think as, as a Rasa is we don't always like really own our accomplishments and yeah. you know, kind of like that kind of thing. Um, and so I wanted to make sure you had a chance to say it cause get used to it, right? Um, yeah. so, um, so, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, there, there are so many fascinating things about you um, that you uh, kind of from your roots to not only the work that you're doing but where you are doing it. Because I think I can speak for a lot of us uh, Denver people who live in our little urban bubble, like when we think of advancement of race relations, we don't think about gypsum Colorado, we don't think about the mountains, we don't think about Vale. And so I'd be really interested to kind of hear about that. Um, considering, you know, all this work that you've done, not just in YCD, but in other efforts that you've been doing to advance inclusion and race relations, social justice efforts, want to hear a little bit about that. Um, so what is it that I'm, I'm a teacher and I teach student voice and leadership, and I'm always looking for, you know, ways to bring this, um, what is it that brought you into this space? Were you always kind of, you know, focused on issues of social justice and that kind of thing, or is that something you learned a little bit later on? So yeah, just the whole autobiography right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I it's something that I learned along the way, for sure. So I, like you mentioned, I am a child of immigrants. My family comes from Mexico. I'm a first-generation American and first-generation college student. Can
0: and I interrupt? What part of Mexico?
1: Uh, mom is, it's kind of funny because my mom is from Zacatecas and okay. my dad is from Cuauhtemoc, Chihuahua. So they're okay. always like, ¿De dónde eres? where are you from? And I'm like, ah, like okay, both.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So my spouse, um, her whole family is from Chihuahua, Chihuahua. um, And Mm -hmm. then um, my dad is from La Capital from Mexico City. And uh, so I always call that my ranchito, which is kind of funny to say (laughs)
1: 25 million
0: people. Okay. I just had to know. I'm like, okay, (laughs) we'll (laughs) park. It's
1: all good. Yeah. So I think that you know, being a child of immigrants and a person of color myself, that has been one of the main reasons why I do what I do. I have seen and I have experienced discrimination. And I have also seen my family and loved ones experience it, which, oh, I don't know something about like my loved ones being targeted just really yeah. angers me more than yep. anything. Come at me all you want. But when it comes to my loved ones, it just, it really hits home. And that's yeah. when I, you know, I, I just really want to do something about it. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I have always really felt strongly about these kinds of things, but I was never really able to do anything about it. Or I just didn't really know what yeah. it was or what we could do, if even if we could do anything about it. But yeah organizations like Youth Celebrate Diversity um, really gave me that space and the skills that I needed to actually do. How did you get
0: connected to things like Youth Celebrate Diversity and you know that kind of thing?
1: It was my freshman year. I remember I was new to the school and I had a teacher come up to me and be like you know what I think you should really go to this one conference. It's called the Cherry Creek Diversity Conference and it's in Denver and so many schools go and there there's like thousands of people and I was really like no I'm a freshman what am I going to do over there what absolutely not and then the keynote speaker was Dolores Huerta and I think I remember oh my, actually <laughs> yeah and oh my goodness listening to Dolores Huerta speak it really impacted my understanding of diversity inclusion and justice and my commitment to community service and public policy ever since it it was amazing it was an amazing experience yeah that's
0: that, that that's incredible like um i i just like shout out to whoever that educator was that said hey there's this conference and you should go um because i think a lot of times educators kind of, we often have it in our minds, like what an activist looks like, what a leader looks like, and sometimes it doesn't look like people like you or me. And mm-hmm. um, and I, I just think that that's like some incredible um, you know, foresight. So, so it's interesting because what I'm hearing you say is you've always had a sense of, you've always had an instinct towards justice and a sense that injustice was in the world and then you have this kind of moment where you see Dolores Huerta speak, um, you know, so what what was the process in getting you activated? How did you learn to speak and advocate on these issues? Um, and again, you know, it may be that, you know, I think about uh, in Denver, I serve probably 75 to 80% uh, Raza students and mostly Mexicana, mm-hmm. Mexicana students, ex students. And, um, you know, typically I'll see folks who either were fairly quiet at first and then found their voices and then i've got the the daughters who get in fights with their dads um and so (laughs) and so i guess i'm wondering where you fall on that continuum um like where like what how did you learn to kind of raise use your voice
1: yeah so uh, i don't know growing up we weren't always able to talk about these kind of things uh and we didn't Oh, at least I never felt like it was safe enough to talk about it. Nobody else was talking about it. Yeah. Um, so once again, like being part of YCD, I was, because of that Cherry Creek Conference, we started SPICE. I remember we were like, okay, well, we need to bring all of what we learned because all that we learned was amazing. And we need to bring it all back to our school and our community because it we really need it. And... I just think that, you know, both my work with both YCD and SPICE, I was just able to create those safe spaces for others. And we were able to have these uncomfortable but very necessary conversations. Um, and we were able to create programs around it too. So I just think that along the way with my work with both of them, I was just, I felt more and more inspired every time we did something. We did the Mountain West Diversity Conference here yeah, after yeah. that and I was like, okay, Make it bigger, we need to do more.
0: So great you know, and, and the Youth Celebrate Diversity uh work, and particularly the Cherry Creek Conference, it just has that effect on young people. I took a group last year, um, and they came back and they were so fired up. They're like, We are starting. I have, I have this student, Esmeralda, mm-hmm. who's like. Munoz, we're doing this, and we're, so how are we going to do this? I'm like, let's go! And uh, yeah. they've been, you know, obviously COVID hit, and it became harder to start new things. But um, but you know, I've just seen it happen so many times where students attend that conference, and it just it just sets them ablaze. They're like ready to go. Yes.
1: Yeah, yes. Wow, that's,
0: exactly. That's dope. So you started talking a little bit about the Mountain West Diversity Conference. Um, so let's talk a little bit about these various causes that you've kind of been working to address. So, you know, kind of the, you you talk about activism being very personal. Um, it makes me feel like the, the line from, uh, Talib Kweli's beautiful struggle where he says, the revolution is here. The revolution is personal and how you find kind of that, that there's, there's something that happens personally that kind of pulls you in and you talked about things happening to friends and loved ones. And, Mm -hmm. um, I'm like you, I'm like, I'm, I'm taking off my hoop earrings. Like when I'm ready to, fight. and, uh, you know, but, but again, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to take it. Um, but for the, for the people I love, you know, that's kind of not okay. Um, but when you sort of talk about, you know, just it's a process, you find causes that you believe in, but then there's also learning that you have along the way. So could I have you talk a little bit about like those things, how you've been, like what kind of causes you've become involved in and how you've continued this learning?
1: Yeah, I think that the causes that I have worked to address, I would say a little bit of everything, especially while planning the Mountain West Diversity Conference. And we also did a Time to Unite virtual festival with YCD uh, a couple months ago, so yeah. we discussed yeah. things like racism, mental health, LGBTQ plus communities. We even had a Holocaust survivor come and lead a workshop. I have also been given the opportunity to be a discussion facilitator for a group of students every year since my freshman year and we're able to talk about all the things wrong with our schools and then come up with possible solutions for these problems and I you know I won't lie and say that I have always had these conversations with others and even if I did have them they were never they were always people from my own community, like women or just Hispanics, but over the years and especially during my freshman year, I was able to meet a lot more people from different communities and have conversations with them. And so going to the Tray Diversity Conference, it really did change everything for me. And because of it, you know, we started uh, having these conversations here in my community and we have led discussions about um, issues impacting our students and we have been able to organize programs to address those social issues. What
0: What are some of the issues that you find are centered in your experience in the community where you live, where you go to school, um, where your family is? What are those issues that are really central that you and your peers have felt have really needed to be addressed?
1: I, I would say, you know, it's a mix between mental health and that line between people of color and the white folks in our community there has always been that invisible line between yeah. us and you know sometimes still you walk into a restaurant and it's full of white folks and you don't feel as comfortable because they're just staring at you or you know with mental health we have had a lot of uh, suicides here in our community in our valley yeah. and it, it's just things that we need to talk about, we need to discuss. And now our, you know, Spice was able to start those conversations and our district is focusing more on mental health. And, you know, there's making programs as as well, um, talking uh, where we can talk about all these things. And now it's a conversation where, you know, you don't feel as uncomfortable talking about it, but there's still that aspect of I don't know exactly what it is, but that division between the the people of color and the white folks in our community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I would imagine if you talk to uh, students of color all over the country, they would probably say something similar, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, the thing that occurs to me that I'm so impressed with just talking with you is how there's there's definitely feelings there like definitely like this is the stuff that cuts us really deep um but kind of the persistence that you and your peers have shown it's like this is an issue this is whack like okay Mm -hmm. let's let's address it let's find a way to address it and I and I love and if we have younger listeners out here and actually I would just say any listeners because I think the I think the commitment to listening and learning um And and just having conversations, it gets easier. Like it gets Mm -hmm. easier to have the conversations. And, um, you know, I think a lot of teachers uh, struggle with having the conversation because the initial conversation is really hard. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: But it's like anything else. The more you address, the more you engage in dialogue, the more easily it comes.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I understand that these are uncomfortable conversations. (laughs) I get it. I just think that you know, just imagine those people in that situation. Imagine how uncomfortable they feel. Right. So I feel like the least we can do is just have these these conversations for them.
0: Definitely. Definitely. It, it makes me kind of uh, reflect a little bit too on my own high school experience um, where, you know, I was a kid that looking back, um, definitely anxiety, definitely depression. Um mm-hmm. Definitely infected with some toxic masculinity, and um, and just a lot of questions that no one was willing to address. And I was actually feeling kind of bad uh, a couple of days ago. We, you know, the as as we in community colors, communities of color have been following. Derek Chauvin was convicted of all counts in the killing of um of George Floyd. And I felt like I'd just done a really inadequate job of addressing it. Like I brought it up, we talked about it a little bit with my students and I was talking to a friend of mine um, who graduated from Montbello High School. We graduated in a time when there was a lot of violence towards people of color and we were always having peers and neighbors being buried. Um, and he said, yeah, but you had the conversation. Like I, I remember going to school and there was no adult acknowledging that people were dying all around us. And, you know, that was a start. So um, kudos to you. I, you know, I just think it's so interesting, too, because I think typically what we see, particularly in our Latinx community, um, w- we see a lot of barriers to discussing social justice issues, particularly around masculinity and around yes. mental health.
1: yes. It's such a, I don't know, forbidden topic. I don't know why. It's just. It's sad because it is something that needs to be discussed, and no. for some reason, it just isn't. yeah my,
0: my friend Diana talks about these uh, concepts of machismo and Marianismo and how yes. you know, <laughs> things that really like shackle of the community and you know, mm-hmm. just incredible stuff. So speaking of older generations, uh, so um, older generations, uh, including but not limited to my own, I, I kind of feel like don't always show proper respect to younger generations, um, like the people of generation who are the people of the generation that are in school right now and that mm-hmm. are kind of engaging in these studies. Um, and, and it's really interesting because I, I try, you know, there, there are certain teachers, not most of the teachers I know, but there's a few that, you know, that when you start talking about students, the stuff that they say is just really dehumanizing. And I yeah. just don't want to be a part of those conversations. Um, but, you know, I also know that as a 45 year old, if a 17, 18 year old has an idea in the past, I've been kind of like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, good luck. Um, yeah. But I had this kind of transformative moment probably about 10 years ago when one of my students, he had traveled to West Africa, uh, we're in an international studies school. And, uh, and he came back and, he's, and he shared with me this really powerful story that was really painful. And in summary, he said, Mr. Muñoz, I wanna, I wanna send an ambulance to that village. And I'm like, that's amazing. Um, okay, let, let's try. And that was the first time that I'd had a student come to me with an idea that seemed really huge and impossible. And I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And just to see kind of what happened. And, um, and so we went the entire school year, raised money, like, and then he comes in in April and he's like, we bought the ambulance. And I was like, "That's awesome! are you kidding me? Like you bought the ambulance. And I'm like, that's amazing. We need to celebrate. He's like, hold on. How are we gonna get it there? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, we didn't, we never had a conversation about that because the whole focus was that there's this need. We need to fill this need. We need to buy this ambulance. Like it's a used mm-hmm. ambulance. We can buy it. And um, and I was like, man, but you got this far with it. Like I have, no, I don't know anything. Like teach me how we do yeah. this. And a long story short, that summer they were able to send an ambulance to a small village in, in West Africa. Um, And so that really, that was really powerful for me, but not every educator has had that experience with students. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do we need to know? What do teachers who want to amplify student voice and promote authentic student, like real student leadership, not just like, you get to staple papers and that's leadership in my life, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how do we do this authentically? And how do we, um, what do we need to understand about you all as a, as a generation? I know we're, you're not monolithic, right? Um, <laughs> but just folks like you and the, and the people that you know who are doing this work, what should we know about you?
1: Yeah, so I would just say, first of all, don't discourage them you know keep supporting your students um i think that they should just also understand that a lot of us are really aware of everything that is going on right now in the world and it's mainly because of social media social media it it can be used for good but it can also be used for bad and right now a lot of it is being used for good this is how at least i spread awareness about a lot of important issues or issues that are really important to me and we may seem a little out of control or even maybe too (laughs) radical but really all we want is just to live in a world where people are they're not afraid anymore we want to create a safe space we want to create a safe world or a safer world as possible where people feel accepted and they can be themselves freely and if people perceive us like we're out of control teenagers for that you know what then so be it
0: (laughs) I mean that's the thing like so if we interrogate that phrase out of control, like, well, the mechanisms of control haven't really done much to move our society forward, obviously, yes. like, and I would I would never say that what my dad dealt with when he came here in 1974, was the same level of difficulty of what I dealt with, you know, graduating high school in the 90s. I'm not going to say it was the same experience, but, mm-hmm. you know, we have got to stop being content with just you know, marginal movement. You know, um, and, and I think that the problems we face in the world are extreme, and so we're going to need extreme, um, extreme approaches and extreme love to make that happen. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I try to do a little exercise with the teachers that I work with. I'll be I'll be serving in a role where I'm coaching teachers next year on ways to authentically, um, you know, elevate and amplify student voice in their classrooms. Um, By the way, I'll be reaching out because I feel (laughs) teachers need to hear from students like you, Um, but also to recognize that all students um, have something really powerful to offer. And, um, you know, teachers, if you just start by saying yes, like you don't have to understand it. You don't need a lesson plan. You don't need to know what the standards are that align to this particular project that this young person wants to do. Just start with yes. And how do I help? exactly yes because I've learned so much from my students like that has been I always tell my students that they're getting raw blind because Mm -hmm. like I'm supposed to be their teacher but they're the ones teaching me and um and that's a really powerful thing and you know so so I say that but also um you know You all have so much to teach us, and you know, I was—I was also telling you, uh, you know, your social media account, uh, Kevin, and I have learned so much about kind of events that are happening. We tried to amplify some of those things, and um, and it's just really helpful to um, to have like and like you said, social media—it's at our fingertips. A lot of powerful Mm -hmm. things are happening on social media platforms, and um, you know, my biggest fear as a teacher is becoming irrelevant. And just being so out of touch <laughs> no.
1: yeah i also think that though, the work that you i have also had a lot of other teachers i the sponsor for spice actually i've never had her as a teacher hannah shapiro and she's just been oh my god shout, goodness, out, hannah. shout just, out shout <laughs> out hannah <laughs> um yeah No. but you know the work that you and a lot of my teachers have done i honestly do not think that i would be where I am right now if it wasn't for all of you because oh my goodness the the mm-hmm. things that I have learned from some of my teachers they have just it the and they the way they just push me to be the best that I can be and if it wasn't for, once again, shout out Shapiro, but sh- she was the one that encouraged me to apply for the Princeton oh, Prize in Oh yeah. yeah, it was her. She yeah. has been encouraging me to apply to a lot of things. And if it wasn't for her support and the support of, I'm also going to shout out Mr. Dupree, Miss Holden. Dupree?
0: And, and, and who's the other one? Yeah, Miss Holden. <laughs> Holden, get it.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, they have just, they have amazing, amazing supporters and We just need more teachers like you and more teachers like them that are just continuing to support their students no matter what. So thank you.
0: I mean, that's but that's the powerful thing, right? Like I think the most powerful transformation, the most powerful learning happens in community. It doesn't happen in a hierarchical system where I know everything and I tell you everything that I know so that you know it. Mm -hmm. It has to be reciprocal. It has to be together. We have to stop talking about our our classes as you guys need to. It's more we need to. Here's what we need to do to, to advance our learning. And I think that's a really important thing. Um, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna talk about the Princeton prize. Super, <laughs> super exciting. Um, the resume building begins. Um, <laughs> when we come back uh, on Two Dope Teachers and a Mic with Saira Nakira. And we're back. Um, it's still the Munoz. It is still Two Dope teachers in a Mic, the most dangerous podcast in the schoolhouse. And it is still the incredible future, whatever she wants to be in life, Saida Nahjera, uh <laughs> telling us our story and chopping it up with us. Thank you for being with us again.
1: Thank you for having me again.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so... Um, so... I was able to see that um, you have earned this prestigious Princeton Prize for Race Relations. Um, And that really jumped out at me because first of all, we follow your account and your account's amazing. And second of all, because I've had students who were nominated who applied for the Princeton Prize. And so I had a little bit of familiarity of how rigorous the process is and how special it is to get this. So uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a highly selective award and fellowship uh, for students who have worked to improve race relations in their communities. Uh, so tell us about this award and uh, tell us what it means to you.
1: Yeah, so, you know, this award, I think, oh my goodness, I I cannot be more grateful for it. I still kind of don't believe it. It, it feels weird <laughs> yeah. to be you know, when they mentioned it at first, I was like, oh, it's, you know, not a big deal. It's whatever. Yeah. It's Princeton. It's cool. Whatever. Like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, nice. All right. And then they were like one of 29 students nationally received Naturally. it. And so I for was those
0: like, of you, <gasps> for those of you adult listeners who didn't pay attention in geography class, there are 50 states, <laughs> possibly 51. Um, and like 29 is less than 50.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I don't know when they mentioned that and they were like, "Yeah, you were one of t- those 29 students who received this award." I was in complete shock. Um, <laughs> you know, it's such a big deal. But even after a couple of days, I'm still like, "Nah, no way. There's no way." Like for real, me?
0: No, they must. They must have messed up. They must. Yeah. Up. Or it's. it's I I'm sure. You know, I, I'm. I'm sure there just wasn't very many <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. So it's. It's amazing. It's. It feels. It feels amazing and it means so much to me. Um, it, it just makes me want to work harder in everything that I do and everything that I am doing. And it also makes me hopeful that, you know other students are trying to change the world for the better and that they are being recognized for it. It just, it feels great.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, what? what's so wonderful is how humble you are about it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and I think there's two categories of people who get awards, right? There's a category mm-hmm. of people who are like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to show me some respect. And Loki, mm, I might be a little bit like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's funny, we, we were in a teachers of the year um, summit, like we meet regularly. And mm-hmm. um, they were talking about, you know, how do we step into our power? How do we really, like, accept that we have wonderful gifts to uh, offer? And one of my friends was like, well, Munoz, uh, we can just follow his example because, like, he's been walking like a king since he got here. <laughs> but, but I think there is a lot of that because, um, because I think a lot of times we're so not used to seeing ourselves as being exceptional. I still don't necessarily see that about myself. I act like it, but yeah. you know, there's still a part of me that's like, okay, how did this dyslexic kid with anger issues like end up yeah. being teacher of the year? And so, like, like you, it's like let that's that's wild like how's that possible um yeah. the humility is really wonderful I do think that um one of the things that I th- I hope that you're finding is affirming to you and I've known you for like less than an hour but um <laughs> but like <laughs> is that you um you have earned this this is you and this is something to like own and to feel good about and to say this is great but the 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 mindset that I really like is like, cool, now we can really do stuff, you know. Yeah. Now we can really work for change. And that's um, you know, I, I guess I would sum it up by saying there are folks that see this as a finishing line, and there are folks who see this as a starting line. And I think you see this as a starting line.
1: For sure, yes.
0: No. Oh, that's oh, ah, that's so cool. <laughs> um, so so you'll get this fellowship, you'll have a chance to do work over a sustained period of time, and um, that—that's just amazing. Inside, I, I you know, it's—it's um, it's so amazing to know that you're going to be able to represent Colorado and yourself and your community in such a selective process. Um, so, um, so I'm—I'm I'm not going to ask you about your presidential campaign yet. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know if you've give, given that a lot of thought yet. Um, but so we'll—we'll we'll leave that for a future uh, interview. Okay. <laughs> um, but what, what is coming next, um, especially when it, you know, so you've had these experiences. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I can look at what you've accomplished over your high school years and feel really positive about it that, you know, you've come down this really amazing path. So where do you hope that these experiences you've had in of addressing oppression and discrimination and hatred um, will take you in the years to come?
1: Yeah, so next is... College. Yeah, <laughs> I, college. I, I'm just hoping to continue the work that I have been doing wherever it is that I go and yeah. I want to continue to create those safe spaces for everyone as well as continue to have discussions about everything that is going on in the world. Um, I, I just want to continue helping others and I think that that's why I want to have a career and something that is related to this. I'm still not 100 percent sure what yeah. I want to study, what I want to be. But I it's
0: overrated. It's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is that when, when you're an authentic learner and explorer, you're going to find a lot of things that are going to feed your fire and that are going to you know, be applicable to mm-hmm. the things that you care about.
1: Yeah, so I I've been looking at immigration lawyer. I've been looking at being a lawyer or social worker or really anything that has to do with helping others and empowering them. So, you know, anything related to that, hopefully I can apply everything that I've learned to my future career.
0: I I can't tell you how beautiful it is to hear like um, folks from our comunidad talk about becoming immigration lawyers because, you know, there's a lot of places you can make change, absolutely. Um, but if you are a person that doesn't have the proper documents to be in the United States of America, you're, you're going to go to a deportation hearing. You're going to get caught up in the criminal justice system. And the thing I read a while back that really hit me hard is that if you have legal representation, you're something like 85% more likely to be able to stay and eventually work towards um, normalized legal status. Um, if you don't have representation, it's basically a foregone conclusion. Like you are probably facing deportation, and so that um, that commitment is amazing. But I, man, I can totally see you doing any of that stuff. I think I think it's going to be a challenge because there are going to be so many spaces where um, where you'll be able to find that. But you know, don't don't worry about it. I mean, I think um, you know I, I have a 16 year old who also gets really frustrated she's like I don't know what I want to do with like my career I'm like you are 16 don't worry about it because most of what you are going to be doing in the future doesn't really exist yet um Mm -hmm. but there's always going to be people and um, I think that's amazing um you know so yeah and if there's like keep us posted on (laughs) just because I think that um I think that there's going to be a lot of folks who are going to be interested in following your work and kind of where you go. Um, so, okay. So I've I've asked you these questions like, now I have a really hard question. This is a, the tough question we asked. <laughs> we ask the tough questions on two dope teachers and a mic. So are you ready for a tough question? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, now you look ready. You didn't hesitate, you're like, <laughs> brain it. <laughs> um, top five artists whose music you're feeling right now. So like, we don't believe in hierarchies on Two Dope Teachers. Um, You can you can approach it in any way you want to. Uh, we have something that we call the Eric Hale rule uh, that's named after the Texas teacher of the year who did a top five. He had a couple of ties for third, fourth and fifth. So he actually squeezed like seven yeah. into his top five, but then <laughs> he's like, but if there was his top 15, I would, so then he just went on and on. And so I don't even know how many artists he like squeezed into it. So it's a beginning. Ooh, okay. it, it, it can be all time. It can be just what's what's capturing it for you in the moment. Like so, Saida Nakera, winner of the Princeton Prize Proc- in <laughs> Race Relations, top five musical performers.
1: Oh, okay. So <laughs> I now that you said that, I do have a couple in mind. All right. So <laughs> I would say Rake, Rake for sure. Rake's been around on. for a good
0: minute. That's that's yes. something has been around for a good yes. minute.
1: My mom has been, you know, list growing up, my mom, that's all she would play, Rake. So <laughs> um, I I just grew up to love him and his yep. music. I would say right now his song Lo Mejor ya va venir. It has been a constant replay for a couple months now. And that's, if the for those who are listening and you too, <laughs> um, Gerardo, uh the, the music video, if you watch the music video, it's about the pandemic and how hard our people in the medical field have worked during wow. this year. And it's my go-to song when things are just getting getting tough. So the name of the song, Lo Mejor Ya Va Venir, the best is yet to come. It's just, uh, it's inspiring. That.
0: It sounds like you've come into rick in the same way that my child has come into Mana.
1: Oh my gosh, <laughs> so, yes, Mana is such a crazy And I'm always
0: blazing, yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. Um, Next, I would say Vivir Quintana's Cancion Sin Miedo. It's such a powerful song. It's wow. talking about all the uh, femicides that are happening and how us women are strong and we're going to keep fighting and we yeah. shouldn't be living in fear. Yeah. So.
0: Wow. And we we were talking about issues that haven't gone away over a generation or more. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, oh, that's a great choice. Okay, I stand.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know why, but One Republic, it, it has just been has bring bringing, bringing back like nostalgia uh, <laughs> I would say especially their song Secrets I would listen to it a lot and my when I was a little kid and I just I don't know why It just randomly one day I was just thinking something about, about it. one republic. One no there's yeah, definitely like, something oh,
0: about secrets. one Republic it, it kind of yeah definitely I'm not familiar with that song but um yeah all right yeah we all have those it's like I don't know where this came from but here it is
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think you know, especially right now, thinking about college, my future, and my future in college and everything, it just has been really wanting me. um I've been really wanted to go back to my childhood, yeah. where everything was a little bit more simple. Yep. <laughs> um, I would say next, Clinton Kane. He has such a beautiful voice, and all his songs are wonderful to listen to. He has a really, he has a really nice song called. I think the name is really funny. It's called Chicken Tendies, but the song itself is really beautiful. Um, I just listened to him when the world is just going a little bit crazy around me, which has been a lot lately. But yeah, I
0: was gonna say I don't know that the world has another setting right now, but yeah, I mean, yeah, okay,
1: get that. Um, Bad Bunny, El Conejo Malo, you know, he's just <laughs> he's been I want my summer. I want summer to come and all the songs. Yeah, they just get me pumped for it. They just get me pumped for summer. Uh, he's amazing in general. I also he's never afraid to express himself, and yeah. he, he is so sure of his masculinity that he will literally dress, do whatever he wants, and it's cool. something so rare to see in the Latinx community. Yeah. Um, and then I also want to say, Cristian Nodal. He just nope. his song "Botella tras botella" came out, and yeah. Angel Aguilar. Uh, this my family were big fans of Los Aguilares, so yeah. we have been. <laughs> We have been listening to Angel Aguilar's um, new song, too. And, you know, Pepe Aguilar, uh, Leonardo Aguilar, all of them, for sure. I also want to give a big shout out to Vicente Fernandez. Chente. He, Chente he's just amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Yeah. I mean, Rihanna, for sure. She's a queen. Yep, yep, yep. You know? um, I would say right now that's what I'm feeling that's what I'm I, feeling
0: right now. I love it. we're gonna have to make this the, the side out rule where you can <laughs> like like you can freestyle this a little bit you know you got you got your choices but there's I mean that's the thing like you know I, I feel like you can you can really understand something about a person through the music that they choose and um, mm-hmm. and I feel like none of this this top five surprises me in light of our conversation <laughs> because it sounds like as a person who brings, optimism and energy and light and um and commitment um you picked musicians you picked artists who bring optimism uh light and and commitment to these things and um it's, it's kind of a mirror so so i so i think that's pretty interesting but Mo- most of most of my music is usually angry um because <laughs> i feel like i feel like that's my energy i'm just mad all the time and so i can channel in lots i'm like a hulk it's like Always angry, that's, that's secret. That's how you control it, just, I, I just, I'm always there. Yeah. Um, well, mm-hmm. I, that's, a, that's a fire top five. And, um, and Bad Bunny has shown up on a bunch of top fives as we've like done this, yes. so, so Bad Bunny is quickly taking over um, the top five. I think the only two artists that we have who have been mentioned more than Bad Bunny are um, are Selena, Pac, mm-hmm. and um, Nina Simone. Yeah. So um, that's good stuff. Uh, so what are you working on right now? What what are you doing that is keeping you going or that other people can support?
1: Yeah, so right now, uh, it was mentioned, I work with Youth Power 365. They are just this amazing organization in our valley that work with younger children, uh, college students, they work with high school students, uh, really in anything, soccer, college career readiness, awesome, literally anything. Wow. And Right now, I work with them, I'm in their leadership team for Eva Valley High School and I am also a part of their Valley Dreamers Club uh, where we talk about all things immigration and DACA and we're creating events to educate, spread awareness and help those who are DACA or undocumented or just have a loved one who is. And if you wanna know more about that and our next events, you can go to our Power On Students Instagram which is at uh, PWRON underscore students and just get more information there right now. I'm also working on two podcast episodes with a group of two amazing girls, uh, a couple of amazing girls, three amazing girls uh, with you Celebrate Diversity. And it's also about DACA and immigration. And none of the podcasts have been released yet. It's in the works. Uh, We're gonna start recording everything soon. And, but to get more information about that, you can follow YCD on their Instagram at, at YCDiversity. And, with SPICE, you know, we're pretty spontaneous. Um, We recently talked to the school board about not going back to four days a week in person. Mm. And we had people sign petitions and everything. And so really anything SPICE related, if you just want to keep up with us, our Instagram is SPICE. So S-P-I-C-E underscore EVHS. Um, And then Sometimes myself I can be a little spontaneous. So if you just want to follow me on Instagram and just keep up with me, um it's z.n.r03. And yeah, that's what I've been working on so far.
0: It's amazing, amazing stuff. So and teachers especially. So we're gonna link all of these um all these social media platforms on the episode show notes. Um, we'll also share these through, um, through our Instagram, which I just discovered how to do headliner and I <laughs> love it. It's so cool um makes me feel like a real podcaster um but you know so we'll definitely teachers if you're looking for ways to amplify student voice and you know check the check out their work but more importantly direct your students to check out this work because there is a conversation there's a discussion there's a vibe that is happening that we don't even know about most of us and the more we can get plugged in in working in community with our young leaders um, the better off everything is going to be um saira nahira winner of the princeton award for race relations senior at eagle valley high school um just really really appreciate you taking the time today and telling your stories uh, hopefully we can uh, check back in, in, in sometime and see where you're at and what you're doing and uh, you are always welcome to Dope Nation thank you so so much
1: for
0: having me it means a lot <laughs> alright y'all uh, that is it for today we will catch you in another episode in another time and we invite you all to stay dope peace y'all <laughs>